Hey, Story Show listeners. Uh, Jeremy here along with Angie and Riley. Um, we're just a couple of weeks away from our July 26th show, so we wanted to remind everyone of that. 7 p.m. at the Marion Ross Performing Arts Center. Um, we'll be talking more about that because we have our speakers chosen, and uh, Riley's going to do the rundown there. Yeah, really proud of this lineup we have. Um, we'll have Ava Corey Greenis returning to do a story, Alexa Drescher, Luz Ruiz, Solvay Lang, Lindsay Kramer, Holly Karstjens, Jerry Gabrielatos, and Shane Kepke. And you can get tickets for the show either at Act on Broadway. Um, dot com, or you can go to the uh, box office at the Marion Ross Performing Arts Center, or you can um, chat with any of our storytellers or with the three of us. We will all have tickets as well. Yeah, about 10 days before the show, um, everyone involved directly with the show will have tickets to sell. And I think um, that this one might... Tickets are going to be at a premium because I think we're going to have a great turnout for this. It's a show honoring Randy Kerr. The theme is Let Your Light Shine. And I just think we're going to have a great turnout for this one. So, And then we'll have Ariel and Aaron Winter um, doing music, and they'll have tickets as well. Yeah, awesome. I just saw them um, the other night at uh, the Interchange, and they were awesome. Easy heart. Um, all right. So uh, as we uh, continue with the podcast, we've been releasing one story or sharing one story from our last show, which was uh, Invisibility in last January. And uh, the next one uh, that you'll be hearing today is Pregnant Pause by Kayla Vollmer. And uh, Angie, can you preview this for us a little bit? Yes. Oh, uh, it's so good. Kayla um, has a creative writing degree from Mankato, so her stories are always on point they are impactful and humorous and just are this perfect bubble of what it means to be human um and especially like a woman she really hits that like those notes over and over again um and this one is about um a a child mistakenly identifying her as pregnant in a restaurant and sort of like her reaction to that and what happens as the story goes on and it is um, heartbreaking and hilarious at the yeah. same time. She really mixes those two things well together. Yeah, that tension is between <laughs> laughing and several times where you want to laugh, but you're like, oh my god, this is sad and, and awkward. And yeah, mm-hmm. so really good stuff. Really good stuff. Um, yeah, so um, without further ado, moving on, and uh, hope you enjoy this, and hope you can make the January twenty or excuse me, July twenty sixth story show. Uh, let your light shine. But in the meantime, uh, please take in Kayla Vollmer's pregnant pause. Thanks. enjoys watching The Real Housewives and teen dramas like Riverdale in order to gain inspiration in her writing career, although her husband Andrew likes to tell people it's for pure enjoyment. Honestly, it can be both. When she isn't trying to discover the identity of which housewife will get a drink thrown in her face, 
She enjoys home projects and baking not-so-zumble-like creations because nobody should own a levitating magnetic plate. This is Pregnant Pause by Kayla Vollmer. You're standing in the corner at your local Chinese food chain waiting for your order. A man in an orange polo shirt calls your number, 31, and you make your way toward the counter and see a little boy wearing a shark t-shirt with a yellow sweater, about five years old, and his mother paying at the checkout. The boy smiles at you and says, <coughs> excuse me, the boy smiles at you and says while pulling on his mother's fist bump this baby bump shirt, look mama, she's big like you. You drop a quarter and three nickels onto the countertop. The mother looks horror-struck as she takes her bright orange tray and shoes her son to a nearby booth. She mouths, I'm so sorry, before the guilty rouge color spreads across her cheeks. The man at the counter places your cup down, waiting for you to move on, but your feet are stapled to the floor. To go, please, you say in an almost scream because a child compared you to his pregnant mother. Annoyed, the cashier takes your orange chicken, scoops it into a white box, and closes the lid while motioning with his head to the door. You weren't planning on eating in your car, but you weren't really planning on a child comparing you to his pregnant mother. So you drive. You wind up in the Target parking lot and park towards the back. You slide your seat back, giving you room to unfold, and unfold the white box onto your lap. You take your plastic fork and stab at a piece of orange chicken a bit too hard before shoving it into your mouth. You turn on Pandora and some nights by fun starts humming its way through your car door speakers. You're mid-bite and also mid-jam when a sleek white SUV pulls into the lone spot next to yours. You freeze. A group of Burberry-scarved girls exit and all glance your way, making weird lines with their eyebrows. You try to grab your phone and act like you're sitting in your car for another reason besides that a child compared you to his pregnant mother, but your phone is in your bag on the floor, so you crush the white box and throw it in the back seat, hoping the girls will walk away, but they linger, and the chorus of some nights pounds louder and louder before it crashes to the bridge, and the girls slink off with their bedazzled wristlets. The air in your lungs starts coming faster and faster, then you can breathe it out, and now you're crying hysterically in the Target parking lot because a child compared you to his pregnant mother. After you wipe your tears away with the grease-stained Chinese food napkin, you drive to the other side of the mall because you don't want to be the girl who ate her takeout in the back of the Target parking lot. So you park in the back next to the movie theater and boutique shops. You glance at yourself in the visor mirror and notice the very distinct tear marks running down your cheeks. You dip a napkin into your water cup and slowly begin to make circles on your face. You walk into the mall and head straight to Sephora's foundation section. You walk past all of the beautiful signage and look longingly at the eyeshadow palettes and slowly begin to feel better. 
until you catch a glimpse of yourself in the ultra fluorescent lighting and immediately want to write a Facebook rant about how terrible it is that they control their lighting to make you feel so bad about yourself that you'll buy more products. But you don't. You sit in that uncomfortable movie star chair and let Ashley, the philosophy major, paint your face to cover the parts you wish to not look at. She asks what brings you into the mall today, and you almost tell her that it's because a child compared you to his pregnant mother. <laughs> but instead, you tell her you're Christmas shopping. She begins her enticing story on why everyone on your list will love the new sugar lip treatments. So when she's finished, you spend $129 on chapstick and walk out of the mall or walk out with the small black and white striped bag. You figure while you're at the mall, you might as well get some shopping done so you walk into Nordstrom and touch cashmere sweaters you can't afford and sharp heels you can never walk in. You don't know why you're looking here. You stand tall on the escalator in the middle of the store as it takes you up, 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 and into the children's section. You're stepping off when you see a boy sweater, a yellow sweater. A yellow sweater that looks kind of like the yellow sweater the child who compared you to his pregnant mother was wearing, and you start to suck in a combination of air and Chanel Coco Mademoiselle. <laughs> you beg yourself not to cry here. In search for something to do that will distract you, you see a section that says Fall Essentials in glittering red letters. So you walk. With a purpose, you grab as much as you can in your size. Tops with flowing sleeves, velvet, overalls, designers you can't pronounce are hanging now sloppily in your arms. You walk quickly to the fitting room, close the door, and heave your pile onto the oddly shaped bench and begin stripping. You slip into a pair of maroon velvet pants and see the way the material swirls at your hips, so you take them off. <laughs> you try on sweaters, jeans, jumpsuits, and skirts before you finally realize that Trying on clothes has never solved anyone's problems. <laughs> and instead, you neatly begin to fold the clothes you've strewn haphazardly on the floor, spending time on each piece, running the fabrics between your fingers, expertly matching seam to seam. You finally open the dressing room door, leaving a pristinely stacked tower of clothes behind. You feel defeated. Deep down, you know you can't be mad at a child who compared you to his pregnant mother, but you can't shake the feeling it's given you. You walk to Target. You walk past the Christmas cards, the crafts, beauty section, kitchen necessities, storage, and entertainment. You walk in circles, keeping up with the rhythmic energy of the store. Your therapist once told you to match your feelings with the movement, but because you can't run in Target, you speed walk in your moccasins trying to burn out the memory that a child compared you to his pregnant mother. You finally stop. You walk back out to your car and someone has parked so close to the driver's side door that you can't seem to shimmy yourself past to get in. You pace back and forth behind your trunk. You want to kick the shitty person who drove their forest green Toyota Corolla to this mall and parked so close to you. You take three deep breaths, unlock your car, and try and climb in through the passenger side. The rubber on your shoe slips across the leather seat as you try and push yourself across, 
sending you flying towards the bottom of the driver's side door, smacking your head on the inside handle. You lie there for a minute, face first into the cold leather seat. You start thinking about all of the times that you were a bitch in high school and start wondering if this is the universe's cosmic joke to totally spin you into insanity. You place both palms on the seat and prop yourself up into a sitting position, finally in the driver's seat. And when you look over, the Corolla is gone. <laughs> you begin to cry, and now you're not sure if it's because a child compared you to his pregnant mother or because you effing hate Toyota Corollas. <laughs> you finally make it back to your house when you walk in covered in fresh snow and misery you are greeted by your husband. He asks you how your day went and you go silent because it's embarrassing to admit that a child compared you to his pregnant mother. But nevertheless, you rush into your story without air for a pause. He places his hand on your knee and smiles at you. And suddenly all of the shame and all of the humiliation that's been sitting on your skin evaporates under his palm. You think there's a possibility that the child thought you were fat. You think there's a possibility that the child loved the comforting appeal of your curves as much as he loved his own mother's. You think about the fact that he was five. Finally, you think it's time to stop thinking about it. You place your hand on your husband's and kindly ask that he get you an ice pack. The Story Show is produced by Riley Wirth, Angie Zoller-Barker, and me, Jeremy Corey Greenis. Check out our new webpage at thestoryshow.org, and please listen to our podcast. You can find us in Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Just search for The Story Show in quotes, and you should find us. Thanks. <laughs>